This is episode number 16 of Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy with Dr. Jessica Tartaro. That's me. Last week, I talked about hauling myself out of despair by telling the people around me with specificity what I needed. You may recall that when it came to my husband, what I needed was for him to say nothing and just listen while I cried. This episode is about the vital relationship skill of saying nothing as a way to lighten one another's loads and draw out the wisdom on the other side of our struggles. All week long, as an intimacy coach, I get paid to listen to stories. And most of what I hear are stories of things that cannot really be changed or fixed, at least not quickly or with simple solutions. And what I'm mostly doing is saying to my clients in lots of beautiful ways, I hear you, I'm with you, and I'm not trying to fix or change you. Which is actually much harder than offering a solution. I think it's safe to say that my clients are paying me not to offer solutions, even though I do do that too. They are paying me mostly to be present with them in the unfixable. It's a profoundly advanced skill. Most people can't do it. I can't always do it. In a particularly heavy, heartbreaking client session recently, I found myself saying to a client, so what is there to do if we can't fix or change this? Ah, such a good question. There are actually infinite options. Let's slow down what happens at the receiving end when your loved one is telling you about their predicament. This usually happens in a flash. We are going to put the camera on slow-mo for this exercise. Okay, so first, you hear and register their story, perhaps involving discomfort or confusion, frustration, or outright sorrow and agony. Next, you feel discomfort in your body because you love them. That's how love works. And so you feel the unrest inside of you, uh, similar to the unrest your loved one is feeling inside of them. What you do next is what matters most. Most people say something here to absorb the pain and make themselves feel better in the hopes of making the other person feel better too. It can feel like an emotional itch, an activation to move the emotion towards lesser intensity. Out of a genuine desire to help, a sense of duty, and a well-meaning hope to alleviate the burden, the most typical and automatic reply is an effort to solve or fix. Here's the wild and little understood irony. This impulse usually doesn't help the other person. If I tell you I am in pain and you try to make it go away, what I am denied is a feeling of validation. We are social creatures and as such, we are wired to need one another's ears and eyes to help us know we matter to help us know we are alive, and to help us know that our experience is real. When you do not validate me, I may contract. I'm likely to grab a hold of the pain tighter, meaning, unfortunately, you have just inadvertently made it worse. The opportunity is, the, is to hear the person in pain, take a breath, 
Notice you are in pain while hearing them and at this point to pause. Here are some options for what can come next. Number one, like the title of this episode says, literally, you can just say nothing. Keep breathing while you listen. That's it. If you are in person, you can make a nonverbal gesture like nodding your head or putting your hands over your heart. You will likely be surprised by how grateful the other person often is by this response. Number two, offer impact by sound. I often find myself saying, oof, or mmm, or sighing out audibly like, ugh so they know I'm listening and receiving the impact with them. Number three, share a full impact statement, like, oh, hearing you share, my heart hurts, or hearing that, I feel so sad, or hearing what you just told me, I feel so much care for you. The sentence stem is hearing that, dot, 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 and then you fill in the blank with a simple present moment feeling. Number four, offer an I imagine statement, such as, I imagine you are feeling overwhelmed, or I imagine it's hard to even explain what's going on, or I imagine you're feeling pretty hopeless right now. Take a guess. With this statement, you are conveying to the person you are listening to that you are trying to put yourself in their shoes and get their reality. Number five, Here's the good news if numbers one through four have you worried. You don't even really have to guess about what exactly your person needs. You can directly ask them by saying something like, what kind of support would you like from me here? I say this all the time. They may say, I just need you to listen. In which case, see suggestions number one through four. Any of these will work. But they may also need a different response. It's okay and actually a really good idea if you're not sure just to directly ask because there are legitimate times when the other person wants advice or a solution too. Some of you may remember a hysterical video that went viral in 2013 called It's Not About the Nail. In it, a woman is sitting on a couch, complaining of headaches, trouble sleeping, and a persistent discomfort in the center of her head. When the camera pans back, it becomes obvious that she has a very large nail protruding out of her forehead. Her boyfriend, sitting across from her, says, naturally, do you think it could be the nail? To which she responds with exasperation, complaining that he never listens, is always trying to fix her, and that it's not about the nail. It's hilarious and a powerful parody of the challenge of just listening, while a solution may seem so obvious. Just usually not quite as obvious as in the case of this video. Notwithstanding this fabulous comedic skit, In my experience, it's more common to offer advice when what the other person is seeking is just to be listened to than it is to listen to someone when what they are seeking is advice. It's just undeniably harder not to fix. A friend called me this week in tears, deeply despairing about the recent racially motivated shootings and all of the painful fallout from these events. 
She said she'd been talking with other friends about her concern and no one could seem to just sit in the face of the injustices with her. I did, and we cried together. When it comes to injustices, it's especially vital that we do our grief work, our sitting with rather than deflecting or offering superficial solutions or assurances. It's just too easy to jump at the impulse to go for the easy fix. It's on the other side of sitting with the impossible that the genuinely innovative options for change make themselves known. What you offer when you say nothing and sit in presence with the other's experience is the possibility that the person's burdens can be lightened. A lighter heart is a healthier, more creative heart. You directly open a pathway for your loved ones to find their own solutions when you slow down the impulse to solve the problem yourself. I get paid to do this all week. We can all do this for one another. This is how we actually lighten someone's load, by being willing to stretch under the emotional load with them. This week's homework is to find an opportunity to grab a hold of the impulse to fix when you are the listener, and instead to soften, ground, breathe, and try any of the four options I named earlier. Even if all you do is pause before you offer advice, you are still interrupting the habit of automatically trying to change rather than learning to welcome a feeling, and that's powerful. You can do this when you are talking with a friend, family member, or significant other in person, by phone, or by video. You can also do the noticing part of this practice when you are listening to the news or any other media, or going through emails or texts. Just see if you can notice how many times you jump to fix. As you expand and find more space inside of you, the space of healing creativity and courage inside of others can open too. I know it to be true. This is Dr. Jessica Tartaro with Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy. Oh, oh, oh.